2: to the Saturday show everybody hope you all are doing well on this Saturday morning my name is Jay catch joined as always by Michelle Bodkin the Utah Utes insider for KSLsports.com. Michelle how are you
4: I am tired <laughs> I, uh, I I
2: figured that might be the case
4: I, I say that a lot on this show I feel like yeah. uh but like we we are especially tired yesterday was a lot actually yes. this whole week has been a lot mm-hmm. um the last 14 months have been a lot. And uh, you know, yeah, yesterday was just a culmination of. There's some relief there. Mm-hmm. Um. There, there's some emotional exhaustion. Yes. Um. And uh, yeah, well, I, we're we're gonna get all into it. We're but, we're, we're yeah. gonna try
2: and process all of this on today's show. Now we got two hours here, so we'll we'll, we'll get as much of it as we can. But it, here's the thing. Yesterday was a like, pivotal, momentous, landmark day in college athletics. Yeah. Like August 4th, 2023, we're going to look back on for years to come in, in certain circumstances. It's just absolutely crazy to be uh, watching that history kind of unfold. Now, your opinion of what the history and what it did may differ, and I, I'm sure we'll have a lot of reaction. Trust me, we already do on my Twitter feed. I asked the question yesterday, yeah. gearing up for this, uh, from the Utah fan perspective, and we'll get to that, but... Just an absolutely wild, as you mentioned, 14 months, last two weeks, and frankly, the last 48 hours have been insanity.
4: I I have never, actually, that is a lie. I have experienced this before, um, which is, I think, why it is so emotional for Mm me. Um, Oh, geez. Um.
2: No, and I get it, like... There is a lot of emotion with everything that went down.
4: Yeah. Um, a lot of people know I worked with the AAF. Yeah, yeah. And uh, kind of what happened in the last 48 hours reminded me so much of, you know, the last 24, 48 hours of working with them. And uh, it is so not lost on me. Sure. That there are people that loved and believed Mm -hmm. in this conference, in the network, and it's kind of over for them. And it happened in the most public, humiliating, unfortunate, awful circumstances. And you know what? The sad thing is there's some a-holes out there that are absolutely cheering and not taking into account that like a lot of lives have been affected and ruined, and especially in a business where it's really really hard to make it, and you make a lot of sacrifices sure. to sit in places like that, and so to have it taken away like that breaks my heart. Um, that that's more what I'm concerned about. Sure, oh, and I, <laughs> at, at I, the moment. <laughs> and see, and
2: I can completely understand that because the the thing is, you're right. There are there's a the law of unintended consequences. Now, on its surface, obviously, the Pac-12 has been picked apart. Now, there are still four members of that conference. They're trying to determine what they're going to do. But you have, as you mentioned, people who work in the conference office, people who work to the Pac-12 networks, uh, student, uh, not student uh, sports information directors at these various universities who they're all of a sudden cast into this, I don't know, really awkward yeah. situation where – they're not sure what the future holds for them, mm-hmm. and to your point, you went through it with the AA, the Alliance of American Football. I was, and trust me, I was as geeked as anybody for the AAF, yeah. having professional football in Salt Lake City. I was, I was all over it. I was covering. I was at practices, all, all of that. When it went under, guess what? There were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people who, all of a sudden, to what you point, and because you, you were part of it, you lived mm-hmm. right in the middle of it. You're all of a sudden like in a very awkward situation, like. What's the future hold here?
4: Yeah. I mean there 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 were honestly moments when I wasn't sure if I was ever going to work full-time in sports again. Like cuz I just didn't see sure a path to how that was going to be possible. Um and so, yeah, I just I god, I I feel I feel for like that that is where my mind's at. Mm-hmm. I I don't really <laughs> I don't really care about any of the other nonsense or, or whatever. that That is really, truly where my mind's at. And part of it's, you know, I have, fr- like, I have friends that this affects. Sure. I, I mean, our very own Sarah. Like, this yeah. affects. Well, yeah,
2: exactly. She, so Sarah Hosian, who works with us, she actually produces Jake and Ben during the week. She's been a fairly regular part of this show, producing it as well. Well, she, I, I, I don't know if I, I'm, she freelances for the Pac-12 yes. Network. She does a lot of social media work for them. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? What's the future of the Pac-12 network? What's the future of the yeah. Pac-12? Because the conference still exists. There are four member schools right now. Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State. They are the, they comprise what is remaining of the Pac-12. Now, the Pac-12 also will exist for this upcoming school year as well. All these member schools, all the changes, all the movement that has happened recently does not take effect until 2024. Meaning, Washington and Oregon, they head to the Big Ten in 2024. Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, they are all going into the Big 12 in 2024. There is a full year here to come, mm-hmm. but beyond that, to your point, is, yeah, you may be working with the network, you may be doing the stuff you've been doing, yeah. but there is, this time next year, quite literally, this time next year, what is that all going to be? And it looks like right now, for all intents and purposes, it will be dead. Yeah. It's DOA, which is... <laughs> It, it, it's it's kind of wild to consider because I, I was trying to process it last night, and I did a podcast trying to get some of my thoughts out, talking just kind of about how things look right now. I'm still not 100% certain of how I feel about the, the quote-unquote death of the Pac-12 yesterday. Right. Because... The situation is, I'm a kid that's born and raised in the Western United States. Uh-huh. The, proportionally, in the United States of America, the mountain and Pacific time zones have far less people, like just sheer number of people, around 90 to 100 million of the 300 plus million in this great country. Mm-hmm. Well, in the Central and Eastern time zones, they look at it and, okay, like, great. To have another conference, because we saw the WAC go the way of the earth, now has been rebooted as, a, as an FCS conference, it's got a D1 basketball presence we've seen the big west go away in in football. There have been multiple conferences out here in the western united states who have gone away. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the Pac-12 is on its way to that. And to me, as a guy who west coast best coast is, is my mentality a lot of the time. Totally. But to have that falling apart and it it yeah, it's probably got 12 months left in mm-hmm. it. That's that's kind of sad. It is. Like it just because I'm still trying to process everything that happened. It, it, it's wild to me, Michelle. 13 years later, the Holy War has conference implications once again. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> trust me, I, we're going to try and kind of get through a bunch of these different things. And like, I, I just kind of wanted to start. I appreciate you trying to just lay it out. Because there are people who are being affected directly. Their paychecks, their livelihoods, their, their future, it's as their you mentioned. Their dream. Their dream, yeah, sure. All of that affected. All of that. Is being there, it's up in the air. So you can, how do I say this politically correct and nice? You can be happy, sad, indifferent,
4: angry, whatever. A whole range of emotions.
2: About whatever you want to be, Mm -hmm. but also understand that there is a very personal level to all of this. Mm -hmm. And that's that. It feels like in some ways we've gotten so calloused with how the business of sports kind of perpetrates itself that we kind of forget that there is a personal impact yeah. that it has. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Totally. Totally makes sense. Yeah. This is this is a wild and crazy story. Um Jake and I talked about some of it off air. Mm. Uh, you know, and it's to some of the things that I'm aware of at the moment are not for public consumption. Sure. Yeah. Um,
2: maybe somewhere down the road. Maybe, maybe
4: somewhere down the road. Yeah, uh, there, there's going to be some storytelling um, on that front. But I, I will say, you know, another implication is sleep with one eye open. Like, I, you might be celebrating today, but mm-hmm. uh, there, there are people. And motives and things going on behind the scenes that can change everything in an instant. And I am not saying that the Pac-12 didn't do this to themselves. Mm-hmm. In in a sense, they did. They made a lot of bad choices. But I'll tell you what, there were people that helped push them over the edge. And when they didn't have to do that, it, like, it was not a move that had to be made. But but the move was made.
2: Well, and see, and that that's the thing about it is. And I kind of said this, I just kind of sat down last night. I was just kind, of, just kind of riffing on what I was kind of making sense of it. The biggest thing is TV networks, if you didn't believe that TV networks ran this sport. Yes, oh, they do now. Yesterday, well, yeah, exactly. Yesterday proved that it's exactly what's happening. Fox wanted certain entities in the Pac-12. ESPN wants certain entities of their own. Guess what they did? They pulled the conference apart at the seams to pick up the pieces that they want. And, by the way, they're paying them a discounted rate to get them to where they want to be. We now have a Big Ten conference that when you are an athlete at Oregon, Washington, UCLA, or USC beginning in 2024, when you go on the road outside of playing yourselves on the West Coast, you travel multiple time zones. There are multiple studies out there that say if you more, travel more than two, two time zones in terms of travel for athletes – has a net negative impact mm-hmm. on overall performance, et cetera. Good luck with that. Yeah. Now <clears throat> with regards to the Big Twelve, speaking from the BYU perspective, the Cougars have got to be happy because they were they were stuck on an island for yeah. a little while there. They 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 were eight hundred miles away from Texas Tech as the closest Big Twelve team for a minute. Then Colorado hops in not even was it a week and a half ago is when that officially went down. Uh, it it like feels like that, it's yeah. been it's longer than that. <laughs> yeah. But they hopped in, gave, giving a land bridge. They went Kansas, Colorado, Utah to create that land bridge, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. for the Big 12 to BYU. Now, BYU has four friends, allies, whatever you want to call them, in the western flank of the Big 12. Because Utah, now 40 miles up the road from Provo, is in the conference. Arizona Arizona State, who, by the way, those four were part of the original crew that founded the WAC back in the 1960s. Yeah, 45-ish years later, they're back together. Crazy how things kind of come back around. But that perspective is BYU is like, okay, we may have a little less travel than we originally anticipated because you can play closer to home. You can bus ride up to Salt Lake. You can make the hour, hour and a half flights to Phoenix and Tucson. You can fly across the Rockies, which is what, an hour and 10 to Colorado, whatever it is. That's going to lessen the travel on BYU and actually make it less likely they have to travel every year Two time zones to UCF, to West Virginia, to Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. There's give, there's take, there's positive, there's negative, and all of this. But I guess my next question for you, Michelle, is from the Utah perspective, because obviously you've been clued in up there, and I got to give you mad props first off for your coverage. I I had multiple people who typically don't reach out and said, Hey, Michelle's really on top of this. I'm like, Yes, she is. She's been very good at doing what she's supposed to do as a reporter. You've been giving information and, and presenting it, and it's unvarnished and whatever. You just, you just give it straight. You've been laying it out there. This is how things look. And I, th- there's a lot to be said for that in this day and age because we have a lot of biased, let's say, uh, coverage that happens out there. But I want to ask you this. From the Utah perspective, was it simply a fact that Utah kind of read the room Realized what was happening and said, we got to do this.
4: It, it, that's kind of ultimately what it came down to. Okay. Um, and, you know, this is another piece of the story, a piece of the puzzle that I hope eventually comes out. And sure. I, quite frankly, I don't have all the details yet either. Wow. Um,
2: okay. I'm going to be frank. I don't think anybody has all yeah, the details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's, it's, I've had, you know, a few people kind of say some things. Uh, but I, I hope that Utah fans come to realize and are so proud mm-hmm. um, of the work that Utah did through this whole entire thing because they tried, tried everything, literally tried everything. Exhausted
2: um, all their options, yeah.
4: To uh, keep the pack intact.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And part of it is I think Randall and Harlan you know, real, realize some of these impacts that we were talking about. Um, and when, and when you have mutual respect for people, you try to, you know, protect them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, but obviously the options were exhausted. Mm-hmm. As I've said, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think a lot of what ultimately transpired. Um, but, but Utah did everything everything they could have to do right by the conference, to do right by their conference mates. When it kind of became clear that things were maybe going to collapse, they made an incredible push, from what I'm told, to try and really, really secure Utah's future and get them to the Big Ten. Okay. And apparently those conversations went a lot better than I think most would have expected. But in the end... Big Ten's not ready to make that move with Utah. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, they're, they're in the Big 12, and that's fine. And it's a good landing spot, and there's things and potential there for them. And I say all this because, you know, I know there's some fans that are kind of like, Ugh, I don't know, might be out, might be out, a little disenfranchised with all this. But I am saying... Utah literally tried to do everything right. And I think they deserve the utmost respect. I think they Mm -hmm. deserve the utmost support. And I hope fans and boosters and all of that are ready to get on board and make this thing special. Because there is still the potential to make this special and to kick this up a notch. And to do some really, really incredible things. Well,
2: and that's... That's the thing you kind of may not have wanted this to ultimately transpire. I, I kind of me reading how I think things have gone down. I'll, I'll say, Utah, I in my opinion is a far more willing addition to the Big Twelve than Arizona State. I have I, hearing everything I heard out of ASU is they had I don't know can I say zero interest in in this, but to their point, they kind of they just like you know what. We gotta go.
4: It. Uh, I think Utah and ASU were very much of the same opinion.
2: They were reticent, and I, I can understand why. Yeah, like it just they have a strong history in the Pac-12. They got a. They've got an affiliation there. They've enjoyed associating with that. The, there's a. There, there, there's going to be that kind of. There's going to be some tension there. It feels like in a way, as they kind of adapt to life in the Big 12 here with 16 teams and. Uh, Obviously, Utah and BYU back together again. Now, ASU and Arizona have been together their entire yeah. history. You go back, the WAC, the the Pac-10, Pac-12, now the Big 12. They've been together the entire way. Right. But just they're, they're, this is such a weird, weird day because we just watched a conference get torn apart. Mm-hmm. And we have now put together, we have a 16-team SEC, we have a 14-team ACC, we have an 18-team Big Ten, it looks like, moving forward, and a, oh, a 16-team Big 12. We've gone from what well, used to be a Power Six, we've consolidated a Power Five, and now it looks like consolidation is happening once again to a Power Four. Where does it stop?
4: You know, it's it's a great question, um, and it's, it's going to be something to watch. Uh, as As I said, you know, Some people came out on the winning the Mm
2: -hmm. the winning side quote unquote
4: winning side of this. Um, I I I would sleep with one eye open. I I would not trust a damn thing going on at the moment. Like you you better constantly be on the phone. You better constantly be doing everything you can to keep your programs in tip top shape Mm -hmm. because I I just I don't think this is over Um, because the power the power players aren't over yeah um they're, they they they're they're gonna continue to grab what what they want and and leave the rest out to dry um it's it's just what it's going to be uh until and this is a question that I've posed with a several friends um is at what point does this get too big that it's not sustainable anymore because it really feels like college football right now, mm-hmm. especially with these networks, they sure are writing a lot of checks. But are they going to be able to cash those checks at the end of the day?
2: Well, there are people say that the the sports, I don't know, sports business, the the sports rights bubble is. There's a lot of, there, there, there's two sides of this. There are people that think that the bubble is going to burst at some point in the relatively near future. We hear that ESPN, the, the, with Disney essentially restructuring and telling, hey, you need to cut costs. Well, ESPN, they have full intentions, uh, they have contracts that are obviously in place, plus they plan to uh, invest heavily. It sounds like in like the NBA, et cetera, with the media rights coming up on that front. Fox feels like they're pretty flush right now with cash, they may be the one traditional sports i don't know broadcasting company that feels like hey we've got money to to burn mm-hmm. uh, that's probably not the wrong, right term to use but but then you also have apple who's looming out there trust me that was that was the rumor that the pack 12 yesterday it was going to sit down They the, trust me i was i was on air with dj and pk yeah. i'm tracking tweets in live time like
4: oh gosh that was wild
2: from 7 to 9 a.m was nuts yeah Absolutely nuts because they had sat down and there was so from Thursday night, Thursday night, essentially, everybody said, OK, it's doomsday scenario here for the for the Pac-12. Wake up Friday, come in to do my show. And all of a sudden, some stories start trickling out that, hey, the Pac-12 is meeting a day. They're going to try and sign a grant of rights. They're going to try and get this deal done across the finish line and stick together. And somewhere in a two hour time span, like it's from 7 a.m. Mountain Time to 9 a.m. Mountain Time, it fell apart again. Yeah, that's how quickly this went down now. Yesterday evening, I think you were on the same thing I was, on the Zoom call from Utah's Regents,
4: mm-hmm.
2: the, the Board of Trustees, excuse me. That meeting, and I timed it, was less than five minutes. Yeah. They hopped on, said, hey, trustee, so-and-so, ran down the list of who was there in attendance. They had one was excused. Then they read the resolution. Yep. Thanked Mark Harlan and Taylor Randall for their leadership and all of this, and then said, let's take a vote. Eyes had it. It was unanimous. And signed off. Yeah. An hour later. Press release from the Big Twelve. We now are proud to welcome Arizona State, Utah, and Arizona to the conference. It was like, this all just went down in twenty-four hours time. Yeah. It was like it's how quickly things can move in this mm-hmm. world with regards to this. But to your point, Michelle, is how unwieldy can it become? And where will it stop?
4: The there's gonna be a point. that uh, there I, I don't know what that point's going to be.
2: Well, I don't think any of us do really
4: but uh it, it's going to come it's it's going to come uh when when you consider coaches salaries with the buyouts and you know bringing again doing these super conferences and all the travel that that's going to require uh-huh. and yes. uh, uh, so, somewhere there's not going to be any more cash sure uh, it's it's going to run out somewhere somehow and the whole thing's going to crumble down. And to be honest, I would not be shocked if we don't see college football go very much back the way it was. Easily. Easily. Yes. Because it's just, I think, in the long run, a more sustainable model. But how long we keep doing this, I don't know.
2: Well, and that the question will be, are these TV executives, these network executives, how much more money are they going to be willing to throw at it? Because that we were, it was proven yesterday that the TV networks controlled this. They didn't want to pay five power conferences. They wanted to consolidate, and they consolidated that power by making the moves that they did yesterday. There is there's so much to look at here and dig into that I'm not 100% certain, to your point, Michelle, that we're ever going to uh, get to the bottom of this. And I'm not sure any documentary down the road, not – Nobody's going to ever have, I feel like, the whole story, if that makes sense.
4: No, I think we're going to, I think there's going to be bits and pieces that kind of come out because this is just so large. They're like, you know, I know I caught a lot of flack for ultimately being wrong.
2: On, oh, the pack sticking together? The pack sticking together. Okay, well, here's the thing. A lot of people cast their lots into that camp. There are a lot of people that had their lots cast that it was going to fall apart. There are a lot of people that, well, there's a lot of people still that think, to your point, the whole whole idea of sleep with your one eye open. Yeah. Here's the deal. If Fox and ESPN, who I, most people assume are the two chief players here, are capable of pulling the Pac-12 apart, what's stopping them from pulling the ACC apart, the Big 12 apart, and creating an AFC-NFC type setup in college football?
4: That and 1000, and I think that's probably the ultimate dream for them, okay, to, to be honest. Uh, but it, it, it look, the point is, like, my opinion changed so many times. You're not alone as I started getting more information and sometimes <laughs> yeah. conflicting information. Uh-huh. And you know, all this, uh, all of a sudden, this thing I was not thinking about or looking at over here comes like right in my peripheral vision and it's like, hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, look at me. Uh-huh. Look at me. I'm gonna be a problem. Uh and then something else somewhere else kinda like I don't think most fans understand how complex this was. It complex. And even I like I tried so hard to follow it the best that I could. Mm-hmm. There are aspects of this I don't even understand, despite having smarter people explain it to me trying to research it trying Mm -hmm. to there is just so much at play there are so many moving parts there there are several villains in this story yes um and we've kind of touched on you know fox and espn might be the biggest ones but they're not the only ones correct and uh there's there's just there is so much so much to unpack with this story so many angles to look at it's going to be near impossible to get the full story. Like it's that complex. I like I'm not hyperbolizing at all. It's you have, that complex.
2: You'd probably have to talk to hundreds of people if you truly wanted to get the whole like from every single angle. There are hundreds of people who have roles that they have played in this.
4: And here's the thing: a lot of them aren't going to want to talk.
2: Bingo. That that's because because
4: it'll one either make them look really bad or two. Um. You know The sports world is very weird,
2: mm-hmm. and if
4: you report on something or say something, you might never work there again.
2: Correct, and that 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 can be the tough part uh, of all this. Now, I threw this out on Twitter yesterday. I'm actually going to retweet it right now. I asked this, Utah fans, how are you feeling about today's events? I said, will all your reaction be a good, better, and different? I said, we, Michelle and I have a lot to unpack on tomorrow's Saturday show. Uh, we've got 18 responses to this, and uh, there's a – trust me the full range yeah. of all of that. I want to dig into those we'll do that next. We're also going to kind of try and like pivot in a way and talk about okay, now the reality is you have the Big 18, the Big 12, <laughs> the SEC, like there needs to be some renaming yeah. of these conferences.
4: Oh, 1,000%. But
2: we're going to focus particularly on the Big 12 because that's our two local schools yep. are now conference mates once again. So we're going to try and look at what the future holds for that, and we'll get into that next. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. I want you to want me Welcome back to the Saturday show. And Corey's producing for us today. And he said, I've got a very good theme for our bump back music today. Well, this is a good start here. Because this is a lot of what happened yesterday. That you had... Okay, so Colorado wanted out. They got fed up and they moved. Yeah. Arizona looked like they were following the same path. Like, Arizona's like, you know what? We're good. We're moving on. Then... Crap really hit the fan. And by the way, welcome back. Saturday yeah. show. Michelle, yeah, Jay, yeah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Okay.
4: Blase, blase.
2: <laughs> that aside, those two felt like they were ready to make the move. And they were, they were Colorado had made the move. Arizona was on their way. There was some talk that the Board of Regents down there in Arizona was holding it up. Michael Crow was, they said the reports were that they was like talking to a brick wall. But it came to it that went, as soon as Oregon and Washington decided we're out. Like we're, we're bailing. We're taking the deal from the Big Ten. You in that in that circumstance, all of a sudden, Arizona, State, Utah, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington, every one of the remaining six—that the number right is it six, whatever it was.
4: Uh, it was seven. seven. Seven.
2: Okay, seven schools. All of a sudden, we're like, who wants us? Yeah. Because at that point, it's completely unwieldy. Because you you can't afford thirty four million dollar buyouts to bring in multiple. Uh, Mountain West schools. Yeah. Okay, SMU probably could have left the AAC. Gotten you once. So that gets you back to eight. But then you're looking at sixty eight million dollars to drag San Diego State, Colorado State, whoever it is yeah. out, out of the Mountain West. Would completely unwieldy. So at that point, say, okay, who wants us? So I want you to want me. It's a great, Hilarious. great song for everything uh, that anyway, played out.
4: And you know, I've I've seen t- Cheap Trick before in concert, so it's oh, cool. I'm jealous. Actually, I've never yeah. seen them,
2: so that'd be fun. All right, so, Michelle, let's get to some of this reaction uh, on Twitter real quick. So I threw this out here. I wanted to kind of get people's feeling on what's going on, Utah fans in particular. Um, highlights you says this, Eh, it's still a P5 with college football playoff access, so it's fine. I'm going to miss the budding rivalries at Pac-12 schools. I'm, I'm going to miss annual trips to Oregon to visit my dad and go to a game with him. I'm sad to lose what was a fantastic conference. I think it encapsulates a lot of what people feel about this. Yeah. Because the thing about this is the Pac-12, a lot of— People in the state of Utah have connections to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You have family. As he mentioned, he's got a dad up in – his dad's up in Oregon. It gives you that opportunity to go see them and also watch your team. Yeah. Uh, the next one, You Believer. Uh, sends the – you've seen this gif, I'm assuming. It's with Nacho, Nacho Libre. And it, yes. it's And that one encapsulates a lot because it's a lot of shaking the head kind of like <laughs> – oh, yeah. like, we're here. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's, we're here. Is what it is. Uh, I live in my hat. Uh, Thanos says I'm indifferent. While good to have a home in the arms race, I am having a hard time finding any games that move the needle nationally. No USC, Oregon, Washington, UCLA, or Stanford when they were relevant. Uh, there are good teams and good games. It's hard to see a big draw. And that's kind of what I want to step off on this discussion, Michelle. Is now with the Big Twelve having 16 teams, Utah and BYU are in this conference. I I can see why you're saying that I have a hard time finding any games that move the needle nationally because there are no, quote-unquote, blue bloods Mm -hmm. up and down the roster of these schools, of all 16 schools. But what I think, and I I want your thought on this, is these 16 teams, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, we may not be the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Georges. We may not be those big-name programs. But what we are is we're proud football programs who want to establish ourselves firmly in the national pecking order. And I think that could create what could be a pretty fun conference football wise.
4: Oh, I I think there's some fun football to be had there. I do kind of agree, at least in the here now, I, I don't think there's anything that exactly moves the needle. Mm -hmm. I think there's some games that have potential depending on how people do. Um, you know, I think Utah TCU has some real potential. I think Utah BYU has some real potential. I'll
2: say this right now. It's the best It's the best rivalry in the conference.
4: Oh, 1,000%. Sorry, Territorial
2: Cup. You guys can think you have it, but it's here. Anyways. Oh, it,
4: it is. No, it absolutely, <laughs> like, and, and I think that's part of what will ultimately start helping the Big 12 brand. Sure. Uh, is, you know, you're you're losing the Red River rivalry mm-hmm. with Oklahoma and Texas when they bounce to, at the SEC the next year. hmm you Kind of look around before some of these additions came on, and it's like, well, what do we have to be excited about in November? Well, well,
2: here's the holy war for you,
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it got fixed, it got fixed with that. Like I said, mm-hmm. Utah TCU has some potential, BYU TCU has because there's some history there, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, um, you know. Arizona kind of continues on the path that they're on with their football program and ASU can get out of their own way. Cause there's really no reason why ASU should be as bad as they've been. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, that, that could end up being a really great potential rivalry. And, and so uh, right now it's kind of the conference of potential, but mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to, to your point, uh, I like I get it and I I'm kind of the same way where it's like eh.
2: <laughs> Well eh. yeah that that's and, but the thing is the potential part of it is the fun part. We haven't even started in on this. Mm-hmm. I think it's got a, it's going to have a lot of fun cuz I'm I'm of the opinion just based on how it looks on paper this is going to be a conference. The Big 12 is going to kind of be this way this year. I think you're going to get a microcosm of what the Big 12 could be moving forward with these four new members added in 2024 this year because It looks like on paper, and Corey, I want your thought on this because I know you're an Oklahoma State guy. It feels like the middle class, quote-unquote, of this conference is going to be very strong. We're talking a lot of teams who are very similar in potential structure, style of play, that you're going to have a hard time climbing to the top, but at the same time, there's not going to be that many bottom dwellers, it feels like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I feel like this whole conference is kind of the middle class of college football right sure, now. Sure, yeah. Uh, you don't have your elite programs, but you've got a lot of really good football. And it's one of the things that, you know, I moved here July 1st of last year. Okay. That was the day after USC yeah. and UCLA announced. So for the last 13 plus months, uh-huh. all I've heard is how the Big 12 sucks. <laughs> Brett Yormark is a used car salesman. Uh, these towns suck. Who wants to go to Ames, Iowa? Who wants to go to Stillwater, Oklahoma? Lauren? Kansas, Manhattan, Kansas. I tell you what, everybody who's poo-pooing these cities away, these are a lot more fun trips to go see your teams play because you're going to real college markets. Mm -hmm. The West Coast doesn't have many real college markets. They're in more metropolitan areas. You're going to real college towns where the university is everything. And when it's game weekend, you go in, everything is about what is happening on campus, what's going to happen on Saturday. So I just... Tell people take a pause.
4: Don't knock it. Make you some try trips. It.
1: Take some trips. If you're like, hey, I wanted to be able to go up to Oregon. I wanted to be able to go to Palo Alto. you know, take a trip to Ames. Take a trip to Stillwater. I've been to all these places. Mm-hmm. I've gone to all these games, and it's a blast. These are true college towns, true college atmospheres that you just don't get in most of most of the West Coast cities. They're much more metropolitan and. Personally, they have, they have I proteins. love the college feel, yeah. and I love small college towns, and I just say plan some trips, go on some road trips, Utah fans, BYU fans, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's a lot of fun in these towns.
2: Well, and I, I, that's, that's kind of my thought on it as well, because the one thing that stood Utah out from the rest of the Pac-12 was it is a college town. Now, Salt Lake City is getting its glow up right now. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a booming metropolitan area. Corey's family is here because of the booming nature yeah. of things here in the state of Utah. But the one thing is we don't have as many pro sports as L.A. does, as the Pacific Northwest does. So it became it had a true college town feel. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm with you, Corey, is going to Stillwater, going to these big 12 markets, guess what? The biggest draw in town? These universities. And it should create, I think, a pretty fun atmosphere. Your thought, Michelle?
4: Yeah, I, I think, you know, to be honest, like none of these places are anywhere I've really particular if i'm being real i can understand that and i and i'm not a huge barbecue fan either so what
1: yeah and you're coming from the media side of things from the media they're not as glamorous as being able to go to some place that has good restaurants better transportation options all that (laughs) but if you're a fan if you're a fan fan, that's going for the weekend to party to have fun Uh the atmosphere is completely different but as a media member no it's not the same
4: yeah. Uh, but but I will say I do love me a good atmosphere. Okay. Um, and so, you know, while while these aren't places that I would want to go hang out in and I shouldn't say that I don't like barbecue. I do like barbecue, but like I just want to taste it. I don't necessarily want. Want to stuff myself full of it? <laughs> like, so disappointed right now. <laughs> well, you know hey, we have
1: salads in the Midwest too. <laughs> it's not like we just walk around with meat on a stick.
4: Are you sure? <laughs> 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 oh man, awesome. that, that that took a turn I was not expecting. um Yeah, it's you know okay. Yeah, like like uh, traveling through the Midwest mm. not not really my thing. Barbecue, not really my thing as like a borderline vegan. (laughs) Like, I do sound like a very uppity West Coast person. (laughs) You sure you shouldn't be living in LA over there, Michelle? No, no, (laughs) I am a little too country for LA. I'm just, I'm just for sure, for sure. Uh, (laughs) But, but the one thing that these places absolutely did lack outside of like Utah, Pullman. I, I'm going to guess Oregon State. I'm going to find out this year for the first and the last time. Uh, oh, right. And like Oregon, yeah. um, you know, though, those were places that actually cared. They showed up. They had that feel. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, it was kind of. Eh.
2: Well, eh. yeah, and that—that—that's the thing about this.
4: Maybe if we're winning, maybe if we're nationally relevant, but otherwise, ugh. Eh.
2: See, and Todd Hansen just tweeted this in. I can't wait for my trip to Morgantown this year to watch West, West Virginia and BYU. Amazing trips every year.
4: I was going to say, that's the one place that I'm actually super excited about. because you,
1: you want to go see birding couches? And... Until you're trying to get there.
4: <laughs> it <laughs> I, is I just, not
1: easy you, or fun to you, get to Morgantown. You've to you fly to Pittsburgh I, and drive down, yeah.
4: I just think, I've seen pictures of the, it looks pretty. It so I'm, I'm excited. Like, that's what draw. I'm like, that is pretty, and I think that's part of, Cause like a lot of the Pac-12 road trips, it's yeah. like oh, this is so pretty.
2: I I was at Big 12 media day and I had a, a somebody from it was one of the Kansas stations. We were just kind of talking and he he said he was very excited to come out to Utah because he said we now have Provo with the West Coast Mountain setting. Mm-hmm. And he said he said Jake, you need to get to West Virginia. It's the East Coast Mountain setting. It's in the Appalachians. It, it's a, it's it's he said it's a unique look. And I'm like okay, I like that. That's. But there's unique aspects to all of this.
4: Oh man, they're gonna hate me so bad though, because I'm gonna be like, "Those mountains are real cute.
2: Those hills, yeah.
4: <laughs> that's cute that you're calling them hills, mountains."
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's...
4: come come to my neck of the woods and let's go hiking. <laughs> but
2: that, see, that, that's gonna be an interesting part about this. I know we got to take a break here in a minute. Is that this conference is it's full of a bunch of potential? We talk about potential yeah. all the time. There's potential across the board.
4: There is potential. I I will give it that.
2: It, and it's gonna have to be realized, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like what you said. It's kind of it is in many ways the middle class of college football because a lot of these programs they're not the the biggest and baddest and most well funded, but what they are are very proud. They got great fan support. Trust me, I look across that entire Big Twelve landscape. There's here and there, you're like, okay, that's questionable. But by and large, I say the vast, vast majority have very strong fan bases. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They're going to show up. Mm-hmm. They're going to support their teams, and that's going to create a culture. And we, we've been told time and time again that TV networks want rivalries. They want fans in the stands. They want to, able to show those shots. When big moments of the game's happen. fans are losing their minds. This conference feels has like it's going to deliver it.
4: Uh, uh, yeah, I I will say it. this conference p- has that potential. Let's Let's just hope it works. Yeah. Let's just hope it works. No Get doubt. Get into it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
2: All right. We will take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side. It is time for technical fouls after this break. Coming up at 11 o'clock, I, I wanted to kind of like project ahead in a way, Michelle. I want to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about, okay, what are we looking at? Four, five, 10, 20 years down the line. We're going to try and look at that now. Trying to predict that because looking back even a year, <laughs> who could have told what was going to happen? But. Mm-hmm. We'll try and make some sense of that. That's all coming up on the Saturday show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids
3: doing what teenage kids do.
0: When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately... Follow the letter at the Letterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a blast because that's a technical foul. You will
1: feel my wrath. He technical
4: foul. Personal foul.
3: Sixty-nine offense. He was giving them the business. A technical
2: foul. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on ninety-seven point five FMV KSL Sports Zone. Michelle and Jake along for the ride. And as you heard, it is time now for technical fouls. And should we just put like a blanket technical foul on the TV networks for pulling this sport apart and reforming it in their own eyes?
4: I, th- I think, uh, to be honest, this is like consumed my life. <laughs> so this is all I know at the okay. moment as far as what's happened. This so week. do you want to make it do
2: you want to throw a technical foul out though? Oh,
4: totally. Uh you know, technical foul to the the unnecessary greed. There there's plenty to go around. There really, really was. Mm-hmm. Um and there was no reason why the things that transpired had to transpire. Um that there were literally people that had the option to lift a hand to help and instead it was a push off the cliff Uh, it's literally like i cannot emphasize enough that is literally what happened so shady so underhanded um again people within the pac-12 not without fault uh there were some things that they could have would have should have done uh but it still didn't have to end like this
2: Okay, so I'm going to read one of the responses to my tweet yesterday. This comes from David Steele and says, "Not happy that the Pac-12 imploded. Glad we, he's speaking of Utah, are in a better situation than our friends at Oregon State, Washington, Stanford, and Cal." Here's the thing, and to your point, really question the arrogance of the Big Ten only offering Oregon and Washington them a reduced share as part of their conference. Like there is, yeah, so there's some unnecessary greed out there. That, yeah, it feels like it's what's kind of dominating the sport right now. It's unfortunate. It's what it is, but Mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Corey, you got one this week?
1: Yeah, mine comes from a little bit different perspective as the uh, Big 12 guy here in the market where the Big 12's been being uh, kind of crapped on for the last year. Uh, My technical foul is just, and it's specifically for two guys, um, but it's the media that's been crapping on the Big 12, and it's John Canzano and John Wilner who have been all over this just – downplaying the Big 12, making it seem like there's this air of superiority that the Pac-12 is so much better and there's no way they would ever stoop so low as to go. It's like Leo DiCaprio. He has to go down down below <laughs> deck on the Titanic. That's the Big 12. And they thought the Pac-12 was Rose and she had to stay above deck and eat at the fancy tables. And you know what? John Canzano and John Wilner, suck it. Well, trust
2: me, if you saw their mentions yesterday. Oh, it's been. I was in them. Oh, they, <laughs> I I had so there were I was I was sent some screenshots of some certain ones. I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, I was I was chuckling because there's some really really creative takes. I gotta say, but <sighs> there's also some really really, let's just say unsavory ones. Also, sure, like make it funny, yeah.
1: but don't take you don't need to take personal shots. Yeah, have some fun, make it funny, uh, and neither one of them have like owned up to it either. Hmm. And John Wilner actually shared a thing from back in january where it looked like he said hinted that there might be some trouble brewing and i'm like seriously you're trying to take a victory lap <laughs> after the other 79 articles that made fun of the big 12 yeah okay
2: there 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 was a bunch of back and forth it feels like there's no <laughs> doubt about that that there there's going to be a lot of receipts let's put it this way thrown around and the, trust me there already have i have Got no doubt about that. Um, okay. I got one because this this brings it local. It's on the basketball front. Did you see Rudy Gobert earlier this week uh, in international play?
4: I think I like briefly, before everything imploded, okay, kind so, of caught something about so that. So
2: he uh, scored his first ever three-pointer at the professional level playing for the French national team against Montenegro. So, oui, oui. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the quote is what uh, caught a lot of people's attention. He said this in French, but it translates to, quote, tonight I feel like I lost my virginity, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> Rudy, dude, come on, man. Like, I didn't know it
1: felt that good for a big guy to hit a three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's a great quote. It is a great quote, but
4: I want to see it at, like, <laughs> I want to see it. I want to try and, like, read it in French.
2: Uh, let's see. I can pull it up here, actually. It's much sexier. Yeah, let's see. Uh,
4: there you go. I sound like a drunk Texan when I say (laughs) soir, j'ai l'oppression devoir perdu ma virginity. Rudy,
2: I get you're excited to make your first three. Trust me, this is like an annual off season thing. We'd see a video of him making three pointers in a workout when he was here with the Utah Jazz, and it was always like, Can you do it in a game? But you make it, and then that's what you decide to compare it to?
4: Oh, man, if we weren't on radio, I would be cracking so many jokes. I, I could say so many inappropriate things right now. We
2: all, trust me, we were. We, we, we. I saw this quote. I was sitting, I don't know who I was sitting with. Some of the guys on the station, and we were just going, we were just bam, 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 like just rapid. Uh, Rudy, I, oh. I love you, dude, but think about what you say before you say it sometimes. Oh man! But anyways, one of the, one of those <laughs> one of those things. And also, by the way, um, the NFL now is asking uh, the federal government to address quote the illicit sports betting market in a response letter to, US, to a, Senator U.S. Congresswoman on Friday. Uh, okay, NFL, you got in bed with multiple sports betting companies. You only all have yourselves to blame. You're having to suspend guys because your own rules are set up this way. What illicit? What, you guys got in bed with them. You're taking millions upon millions upon millions of dollars from these sports betting companies. Like
4: FanDuel and all, this, all of them. Yeah, yeah.
2: DraftKings, on down the list. You only have yourselves to blame for creating this <sighs> illicit sports betting market. Okay, great. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
2: I don't know. It,
4: <laughs> what, what are you doing, baby?
2: <laughs> all right anybody else got anything else they wanna wanna put people on blast for? Alright, I think we're good. Alright, we'll come back on the other side. Uh we're gonna talk a little bit, we're gonna like look ahead, honestly, because what's the future hold? And that's that's a huge question in all of this. It was conference realignment, an absolutely crazy day yesterday. We'll try and dig into that next. This is the this is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: We belong together. And in love. Corey's
2: on fire. <laughs> All right, welcome back. This is the Saturday show at 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Corey, thank you for lightening the mood. Honestly, I,
4: I was gonna say, and and that's kind of, it's really funny because when everything went down uh-huh. with the stallions in the AF, I didn't cry. I like I, I did. I did not cry immediately the way that I did when the news of this came down. Sure. I think it's a little bit different when you're like in the moment. Well, when like, you're when you're when you're in it. When you're in it, yeah. it's literal survival mode. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, what needs to be done? And I mean, a little bit of a different situation, right? But we had like people that were just displaced. Like they weren't even from here. They didn't live here. <laughs> and uh but it's like I I was running around cracking jokes, yeah. even though I was like, oh God, like none of us have a none of us have a job. Were trying,
2: you're trying, you're trying, you're to, to line move. the
4: move, like trying yeah. to line yeah. the move, yeah. get people through it, get yeah. people back home, whatever. I it was probably three days later, I think that I actually finally like broke down and cry, and it cried, and it was actually after because I was taking a bunch of like our guys to the airport, giving them okay. rides and stuff, yeah. and it was when I dropped BJ off. Um, and went home. I was like, because he was kind of the last, the last one mm-hmm. here, and it was like, wow, this is really over.
2: And I can understand that because you're in shock in a way. Yeah. And this one, Kate, and it's it's nothing. It, this one I can understand why you were emotional about it because you've been through it, mm-hmm. and you're thinking of the other people, and it, it bring, it's much easier to have empathy when you're not in that survival shock mode. And you're like. Yeah. Oh geez. Yeah. What, I,
4: <laughs> Giddy up, giddy up. What, yeah. like, what needs but to be done? What do we got to do? How, how do we get others through this? Sure, yeah. and, you,
2: and you've got empathy for what's going on right now. So uh, we've been talking, if you're just t- tuning in, we've been talking all about what happened yesterday. Th- th- that's what this show is yeah. about today, is what's going on. Now, I-, I need to answer this question. Mama Haas, long-time listener to the station, legendary, big BYU fan gigantic lisa is legendary on our airwaves for coming on and loving to rip into utah and i'm sure she's gonna call it at some point this coming week on dj and pk because she's got <laughs> this unique relationship with the two of them she sent me this just barely and i, I think i can help clarify this a little bit because yeah. there's been a lot of dis- confusion on this i did had to i actually asked the question myself on social media and started digging into it last
4: yeah night. yeah it is confusing
2: okay so she said you speaking of the utah football program or football athletic department youuta's get a full share in the big 12 and byu gets half is that right it's not right because in 2025, the, the reported $31.7 million payouts, the full share memberships, uh, full share payouts, like I said, for member schools kicks in in 2025. The two years that BYU is in the conference here, they're getting partial shares. They're reported to be between $18 and $19 million. It's actually not that far off of what uh, the Big 12 current media rights deal pays out. Currently, the media rights deal pays $220 million annually. In 2025, it's going to three eighty. So Utah, in 2024, 2025, the year that they will be in the conference, that the new deal is not in effect, Michelle, they will make $22 million in media rights. That's besides bowl payouts, NCAA tournament shares. They, they announced the record it was forty four and change million for the Big 12 last year it was a record mm-hmm. per school distribution. The $22 is what you'll make in media rights for Utah that first year. Then 2025 and beyond, all 16 members, all $31.7 million starting that year, and it's going up from there. Yeah. Hopefully that can clear up some of the confusion. It won't, but I'd try.
4: Uh, I know, right? Yeah, we we put our best foot forward on this one. And actually you kind of helped clear it because – People have asked me, and I'm like, mm, "Yeah, so if it, I know. Like, yeah. I don't know." The
2: current media rights it's two two hundred twenty million dollars annually, and the the way that the contracts have been written is that these new schools, the four newcomers, speaking of Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and Colorado, they're coming in as full share members. They're going to get the twenty two million okay. media rights. At least I could be wrong on that, but at, everything I've read is if the r- contracts are written that way, that's what that payout is for the one year, and okay. then BYU also all other fifteen members. All in 2025 together, get $31.7 million in media rights. And that's besides, like I said, bull payouts, yeah. the NCAA tournament All the stuff. extra
4: stuff that gets sprinkled in if, if and, you
2: do your job well. And, and keep an eye on the media, uh, not the media rights, the data rights.
4: Right. that That's becoming a thing, people.
2: That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other opportunity to add more cash to the pot. Keep an eye on <clears> when that announcement, if and when that announcement comes. Uh, they said at Big 12 Media Days they were working on that. I wonder if the new additions change the calculus of that and when it ultimately gets announced. But that's a whole nother revenue stream that could be coming down mm-hmm. the pipe. So, all right. Need to get that question answered. So, well, there we go. Know. All right. Uh, so, Michelle, now uh, I've been kind of reading some, through some of these responses. I want to get to a couple more of them. So, I asked mm-hmm. this yesterday. I asked Utah fans, how are we, How are you feeling? Yeah. I wanted to kind of get that pulse for how Utah fans are feeling about things. And I appreciate you retweeting it. I know that our station retweeted it and got some good responses here. So here's the thing. Uh, next one. We come in Big 12, NSL underscore Ute, North Salt Lake Ute, I believe is what it stands for. It says, best scenario given the options. It's going to be a good time. Okay. Well, hey, and I think we've come to that conclusion. It, no. Based on what the room was doing and the chessboard, how it was moving, it's what you had to do. Yep. Uh, Tom Wimmer at Snoop Butt. That's a great Twitter handle. <laughs> It'll be a fun conference, more national exposure to travel across the conference. Maybe that will help in recruiting. Well, Utah's been recruiting at a pretty high level already. But yeah. Our basketball team is in big trouble. I think there's a lot of basketball uh, teams, yeah. including BYUs that are in big trouble. Cause, yeah, woof. Yeah, uh, but He says this, uh, but we'll be we fine elsewhere. Is there equal pay for bowl games or do the successful teams get more of the money? Now, the way I understand that, the new contract and the current contract, it, just, it goes into one pot and it's distributed evenly. I know that the Pac-12 was talking about this. You can probably correct me. They were talking about unequal re- mm-hmm. revenue distribution, especially on the bull side of
4: things. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, to my understanding, my knowledge, it was going to be on the bull side of things, okay. which if you're going to do unequal revenue sharing, I think that's where it should come in, right? Yeah. You
2: Rewards you, you for playing well. Exactly. Yeah.
4: And and maybe you skim like a little off the top and throw it in a pot and, and distribute it. Because to be honest, to in order to get to, you know, some of these more prestigious elements of college college football, college mm-hmm. basketball, you need the rest of the conference to be good. And so, uh, you know, when you elevate, especially like last year with the Pac-12 where they had six teams finish in the top 25, you know, part of that's a result of every, everyone else that didn't make that top 25 cut was viewed as being a good team too. Mm-hmm. So, so there should be – like a little reward i think for that um but for the most part i i think that kind of stuff should go to whoever earned it
2: well and that may come down the road who knows because the the current big 12 contract it's gonna go through 2031 they're gonna go back to market and we'll see what happens at that point there's been a lot of talk uh jason Shear out there saying that the 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 big 12 may push for two more basketball only members that would be gonzaga and yukon brett yormark he loves himself some college hoop. I'm
0: glad
4: someone does. (laughs) And
2: and there's very strong (laughs) indications that if he pulls that off, even if he doesn't pull it off, that when the next media rights round comes for the Big 12, Michelle, Mm -hmm. that he may decouple football from basketball and pursue separate deals for those two sports. The Big 12 is going to be the preeminent
4: basketball conference. Oh, there's no question about that.
2: So that's kind of his thought. So, but... uh, I've got one other comment I want to talk about here, and it's kind of a launching off point for what I wanted to talk about in this segment, Michelle. It comes from Paul Hallbaum, I think is how you pronounce this. Uh, It's H-A-L-L-B-O-M.
4: That feels like a safe guess.
2: All right. So he says, we, speaking of Utah, lived in a nice home with no backyard neighbors. The city rezoned to build a Walmart on the vacant lot. We reluctantly moved, only to discover the new home had a very angry kitty next door. (laughs) Come to find out, this hood will be destroyed in a few years as well, so meh.
4: I, yeah, I mean, we, we've we kind of touched on that a little bit. So
2: that's where I kind of want to go. It's like, come to, so come to find out this hood, will be, speaking neighborhood, will be destroyed in a few years as well. So, man, that's what I want to do. Michelle, looking ahead here, and hold none of this against us because— mm-hmm. Thirteen months ago when Corey moved here, who could have guessed that University of Utah and BYU, after 13 years being estranged, yeah, doing
4: their own thing.
2: are back together in the same conference? Yeah. I would have put big money that was not going to happen no. for a while.
4: Oh, yeah. If ever. I I mean, really, up until maybe the last month, I, yeah. I would have thought you were absolutely insane. But, but
2: it's a reality it's,
4: now. It's the reality now.
2: So now as you look forward here, because... To what Paul says here, and we have already talked about this, is that Utah made pitches to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And also to your other point, and I completely agree with it, if you're any of these schools, and I mean any of them, BYU-Utah on down the list in the Big 12, you've got to be constantly monitoring the situation moving forward here. Mm-hmm. Because if a t- it sure looks like this. If a TV network, ESPN, Fox, whoever it is, if they want to pull something apart... They have now proven that they can do that. I, I'm actually wondering how how long before they pull the ACC apart.
4: Oh, yeah,
2: because we all know that ESPN has the rights for by and large with the ACC mm-hmm. right now, but you can guarantee Fox is sitting there saying, "All right, what do we got to do here?" Like, yeah. can we can we can we hone our way in? How and-
4: how do we manipulate this situation to get what we want?
2: So, where do you think things are going, Michelle? Big open-ended question. I know,
4: I know. Crazy. And again, opinion has completely and totally changed. But I think we are barreling towards some kind of NFL-ish model. And if the moves that have just barely been made hadn't been made, I would have maybe been a little bit skeptical. Because I think, um, I just really think... USC UCLA really overestimating their ability to be able to handle that for five that travel for five or six years I mean now they have some people to kind of cushion that blow a little bit sure. um, I I would have bet that things maybe would have kind of sort of ended up going back the way that it, people would have gone back um, and or the uh, a little more care Mm -hmm. perhaps taken and trying to build branches and pods in order to take care of everybody. If we really were going to do this P2 thing now, it's just the wild, wild West and and we are barreling towards this thing. And at some point I think it collapses. I just do. I think it's going to get too big. I don't, I just, I don't think it's going to get managed very well. And I think part of it's because we are barreling toward it very, very fast. Um, and I think these things take time, and they take planning if if you're gonna try and do something like that uh, but you know i I mean i as I've said, this is such a complex story. There are yeah. so many things going on. I've talked about a lot of a lot of things that you know i I think I know, and then something comes up that I was not anticipating that I did not see. And I have to say, I think there's things floating around that we're not discussing. And part of it's that I don't think we even know that they exist in the moment, to, to be honest. And they Fair. could come up yeah. to the forefront and completely change my opinion again. But for, for the here and now, uh, I think the P2 is exactly what we're barreling towards. Well,
2: in— I feel like, to your point, yesterday points towards that Mm because I'm of the opinion, had in some ways sanity prevailed Mm -hmm. with the PAC-12 with these university presidents, had they decided, you know what, we really want to go to a national model or do we want to stay regional? Yeah. That's the thing. We're pushing towards national versus Mm -hmm. staying regional because that's exactly what happened. the funny thing about this is, and this is this is the East Coast biased at its finest. I'm seeing Big Ten fans saying, "I can't wait to make a road trip to Oregon and UCLA in the same weekend." Or what? I'm like, do you realize they're 1,100 miles apart?
4: Yeah. That I, I hope you're planning on taking some time off.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: I just they, <laughs> there is this perception on the East Coast that. Everything out in the West is so smashed together, like it is on the East Coast. It's no, nuts.
4: it's not. We, we're <laughs> spread out. We got room, homies. There's a lot of open land.
2: There are wide open spaces, to quote the country song, out there, it, it, and they exist in all over. So I just, I'm not sure that the Big Ten fans at large in the traditional Big Ten, yeah, exactly. They, it spans and. It, you're right. It it feels like we're moving towards that now. The the thought I've got on this is yes, I I'm kind of I, I'm with you that I think we're pushing towards a truly national model, which, frankly, sucks. Yeah, because I don't love it. The college environments are unique. They're 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 regional. They mm-hmm. they, they exist in their own spheres. The NFL is so, I don't know.
4: I, I will tell you this. I've traveled to a couple of NFL games. Uh-huh. I like watching NFL on TV. I don't know that I love being at the games quite as much. The only place I have ever been that has that like magical kind of college feel, Green Bay.
2: Well, and Green Bay is the smallest market in the, yeah. in the NFL.
4: Uh, the, there is reasons why and why it feels NFL, that way.
2: And if the NFL was being formed today, there is not a chance in hell that Green Bay ends up with an NFL franchise.
4: Oh, God, no. So no. I am just saying,
2: like, so like
4: Green Bay is very unique yes. in that way.
2: And that's what a lot of college towns are. And mm-hmm. but as you push towards a national model, it's gonna, I guess, in a way, sanitize what football, college football has been it's always been unique and distinct from the NFL which has been a it's a professional model it's yeah. there are like Philadelphia Eagles fans are legendary right Kansas City Chiefs fans are legendary San Francisco 49ers fans Oakland Raiders fans like there there are Bills yes, mafia yes there are thank yes, you, you yes but there are there's unique aspects but by and large the NFL is so sanitized yeah. and it's so cut and dry business oriented
4: mm-hmm.
2: that college college has a lot more emotion to it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And that and pageantry. Pageantry, yes. The 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 pre-game the the flyovers, the the marching bands,
4: the 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 cute little bubbly cheerleaders yes. and yeah,
2: the song leaders like trust me, like the, the, that stuff doesn't exist in the NFL. No. That's what college and I'm afraid we we're, we're at risk of losing that and I say we as a general populace. Yes. We're at risk of losing all of that as you – if you push towards this is all about the almighty dollar, mm-hmm. you're going to cast a lot of stuff off to the wayside. And it kind of goes back to what you talked about earlier, Michelle, is there's a personal aspect to all of this that is being lost yeah. in the business side of it, the, the bottom the bottom line on that, that sheet. Okay, are we making net po- profit? Uh, okay, we're off, off we go. This is stuff being decided in a, in a business boardroom. That if any of them were to step out of that boardroom and go and see the environments that they're that they're affecting, yeah, it may have changed their opinion.
4: Oh, abs- absolutely, and it's you know it's crazy. I actually so yesterday I have this girl that I mentor a little bit. Um, she she is actually about to start her first semester at BYU. Go go figure that the 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 Utah beat writers mentoring <laughs> mentoring this. Hey. This little gal that's about to start her college career at BYU, loves BYU, uh, loves BYU athletics, cool. grew yeah. up with it. Awesome. Amazing. Sure. Um, but like one of the questions she was asking me was like, how how do you go about building a brand and and like being true to yourself? And it's really hard to do in this business because uh-huh. again- There, there is a level of sterilization, Uh, and as a media member, and especially as a female media member, Mm -hmm. um, there, there are sometimes expectations that like you're very like unapproachable. Like there is just this line of a wall almost, and that is just so not who I am. (laughs) And uh, I mean, like there, like, like literally, there's been instances, and it's so sweet and it's so cute. Um, you know, with some of these players, that, I, you know, I've I, guys that like don't normally get interviewed, and I find something out cool about them, want to interview them, want to do sure. a story, and afterwards, they'll like scoop me up in a big hug, and especially early on, it's like, oh my god, like
2: a bit of a shock, uh, or, yeah. like.
4: It's like, Oh my I hope no one thinks anything's going on here because this is supposed to be so cut and dry and sterile, sterilized and no emotions. And, and now it's like, you know, I, for me, it's cool, whatever, like, you know what? Cause this business is getting just yucky. So it's like, you know what? Like we're, we're going to roll like that. We're just, we're, we're going to go with that. That's how people interact with me. And I'm cool with that. And I think other people are picking up on it, and so it's 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 been a cool thing. But I don't know. I just I I I don't like cut and dry business. Like yes, handle your business, but like you can also be human too. And, and it's honestly like it shocks me how much it gets appreciated. Like I've had players. Like, DM me, hey, like, thanks for being nice to me, which I should not be getting those kinds of DMs. Like, that should just be like a standard practice across the board. And it's not. Well,
2: should, it should be is the, is the operative word there. It should be. But too often anymore, it's become transactional. Mm-hmm. That you are providing a service, I'm speaking for a student athlete. Yeah. You're here providing a service to this university. And once you're done, it sounds really, really callous, but they're cast
4: aside. They can be. And I think, to be honest, that's what makes Utah so special. That's what makes BYU so special is there there is a little bit of this, hey, like we appreciate what you did for you're us. You're part of the family. You're part of the family. Yeah. Come back anytime and mm-hmm. you're going to be welcomed with open arms. We love your input. We love, you know, we want you to be involved in this thing.
2: And that, and tr- trust me, I, I, I do appreciate that about Utah and, and BYU in particular because mm-hmm. the coaches themselves. I'm speaking of Kyle Winningham and Kalani Stocky. They have really engendered that into their program. Like there is a familial aspect to it. You come back, you're loved up the same as you were when you were suiting up for that team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you made it to the NFL or if you were a bottom of the bench, scrub. Like, yeah. you are still you you. You were part of this, and you are part of it still. And that that I can appreciate, it. but I'm, I'm afraid that—
4: We're losing that.
2: And it, it may become the BYU and Utah are the outliers in all of this.
4: Well, I, I mean, to be honest, they've kind of been outliers for a while. Because I, I talked to, you know, and I think that was kind of part of the Stallions as well. Is mm-hmm. Like, we had a very strong core of Utah and BYU players. Duh. Um, shocking. Shocking. news break. Um, but then we had a bunch of other kind of rando guys that got thrown into the mix of that, and I think they were seeing how tight those players were with each the other. Bond, yeah. And sometimes, like, I mean, there were some pretty big age gaps between some of those Utah players. You know, we had a mad-ass mm-hmm. um that had been in the NFL, graduated yeah. forever, um, dealing with Aleka Uatafe who had just kind of barely graduated college. Sure. And, I mean, it didn't matter, though. You're, you're Utah. Like, then we're brothers. We're, the we're cool with each you other. The hashtag
2: thing mm-hmm. exists it's, for a reason.
4: It's, it's real. Yeah. And so there's these other guys that came from other places that are like, what the heck is this? Like, we don't know. We don't know other alums. Sure. Um, and then even... And it's kind of a weird thing too when you look at like the rivalry, like there, there's kind of this weird underlying hatred. But a lot of them, outside of that, they're friends with each other. Sure. Like so, there's even a little bit of a brotherhood, cross brotherhood there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not the '90s guys. I don't know those. That that group don't seem to like each other very much. But like. Kind of before and after that, yeah. there seems to be some coolness there.
2: Well, I, I, I can tell you that there are. Yeah, there are. <laughs> the, about, the funny thing about this, and I'll also say this, BYU and Utah are more linked to the player level than almost any other level. Oh. Administration, fan, coach. like The players, these guys grew up playing together in high school. They yeah. hung out together. They still hang out together to this day. Yeah. They're not these mortal enemies. No. That's not So, yeah, it's... It's going to be an interesting path ahead, and I'm hopeful that it can it goes it, in some ways reverts back in a way. But yeah. it's sad that yesterday happened because it feels like it's a it's a push towards what we didn't want to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, we will come back on the other side. Uh, we've got an interview. We're going to talk Ultimate Disc now. I get that it may not register, but we have a really really good team in our backyard. We're going to talk about that next. It's also uh, that's a great question, Corey. What conference are they in? I think they play in. It's called the like the. Uh, it's an American Ultimate Disc League, I think is Audl? I think it's AUDL or something like that. Anyways, we'll get more information on that. It's five minutes of talking about some other topics. There's other sports that are happening outside of what's happening in college sports. We'll get to that next. This is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Yeah. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. So Michelle Bodkin there. Jake Hatch here as we break down everything going on in the sports. Well, it's time for five minutes of. We're going to kick off uh, this segment with uh, the Salt Lake Shred. Now, that name doesn't sound familiar. It, I, I can understand that, but... We've got a really, really good team in our backyard. They compete in the American Ultimate Disc League, if I've got that correct. And Isaac Pritchett joins us. He's one of the co-founders and co-owners of the Salt Lake Shred. Isaac, thank you for taking some time this morning. How are you?
3: Doing fantastic. Beautiful day. Thank you, Jake. Uh,
2: So, Isaac, uh, you guys are 11-1, speaking of the Shred, uh, and you guys are in the playoffs now. Is that correct?
3: Yep. Yeah, that's right. We'll be hosting the West Divisional Championship game this coming Friday.
2: Okay, so you're 11-1, and one, uh, and for those of our listeners out there, I think a lot of people have played Ultimate Frisbee growing up in some form or fashion. I played it when I was at BYU. I had a friend that said, hey, we need an extra guy for our intramural team. So I went and played with him. I am far from what you're looking for in terms of what you're looking for for the Salt Lake Shred, but it's still, it's still sure. a fun sport. Explain what, it, what all it entails.
3: Yeah, I, I, probably the best parallel uh, to people not familiar with the sport is it's a little bit of a cross between soccer and football. So the goal is to get the disc into the end zone, kind of like scoring a touchdown in football. But when you catch the disc, you can't run with it. Um, you have to throw it to somebody else who's cutting. So there's a lot of dynamic movement cuts like you would see in soccer, trying to, you know, attack different angles of the field.
4: Uh, and, and so you said that you're hosting this. Where, where is your home field?
3: Yeah, our home field is Zions Bank Stadium in Harriman, Utah. Uh, it's a beautiful facility out there, awesome view of the mountains, nice big turf field. A uh, lot of people that can fit in the stands, but it's still kind of nice and cozy, which means you can get loud and, and make some noise, affect the other team. All
2: right, so you guys got to 11-1. and one. You mentioned you're hosting the West Championship. Uh, just kind of break down how the season's gone for the team. Obviously, he's been highly, highly successful in losing once in the run-up to this.
3: Yeah, it's been fantastic. We've we've really been proud of the work that we've put in over the season. Um, our inaugural season was last year. Uh, we went ten and two, and then unfortunately lost to Colorado in the divisional championship game. This year, we've beaten everyone in the West and actually hosted the reigning champions, New York. Um, they are our only loss this season. Uh, so we're really proud of the work we've been able to put in and uh, the, kind of the dominance we've established in the West so far.
4: And so, who are you playing? this week and and tell us a little bit about them.
3: Yeah, we are playing the Los Angeles aviators. They, uh, you know, had a rough season last season, but made some really, really big off season moves. They picked up Sean McDougal, who currently is leading the whole league in plus minus and Powell Giannis, who is the league's actually all time assist leader. So really, really great kind of handler quarterback player. So they've been really dangerous this year. They started out a little slow. They started out one and three, but as their chemistry got together with all these new acquisitions, they went on a really hot five-game run and really haven't looked back. So they're uh, kind of peaking at exactly the right time and looking dangerous.
2: Isaac, I'm looking over like the team names in this league. And there's some great names. You mentioned the LA Aviators. You have the Colorado Summit, the Seattle Cascades, the San Diego Growlers. There's there's some really fun mascot names here.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 a big fan of the naming. I think we got a good uh good league. The New York team who are really strong are called the Empire, which yeah. is kind of what I think of the Yankees as sometimes. Okay. Yeah. So appropriate naming conventions. Yeah, it's great.
2: Now, where do where do your old where does your team come from? Are they are they Utah-based guys? Like what's the makeup of the team?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. Um over the past maybe 10 to 15 years, Utah has been establishing a really strong youth scene actually. Um, the Lone Peak High School has won the national high school championship for the past two years um, and that's work that people have been putting in at the ground level for a long time. So we are lucky to have a lot of talent out of Utah State, University of Utah, Brigham Young University, and that's where I would say the core of our players come from. But we're also super lucky this year um, that we've kind of attracted some talent from across the country, actually. Um, We have Elijah Jaime, who played for Atlanta last year and kind of saw our team and wanted to get involved, so now plays with us um, and multiple-time world and national champion Grant Lindsley. Um, who used to play for New York, now is coming out and playing for us, which is really fantastic, and we're lucky to have all those guys.
2: That's awesome. So uh, I said Friday night, they're out there at Zanes Bank Stadium. Is that correct?
3: That's correct, yeah. It'll be August 11th, starts at 7 p.m., so just kind of the sun is setting. It'll be a really nice night, lovely weather. Uh, It's one of my favorite kind of summer traditions now. I love going to those games. And where can people get tickets? Yeah, you can go to saltlakeshred.com to buy tickets, mm-hmm. I would recommend doing that. You can get tickets at the door, but the prices go up a little bit. So saltlakeshred.com is the place to go for tickets.
2: Awesome. Well, Isaac, thank you for carving out some time for us this morning, and best of luck. Hopefully you guys can uh, win it on Friday in advance in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, yeah, really appreciate it. We are looking forward to it. We, uh, we're we confident on our chances, and uh, we're excited to play the game.
2: All right, there you go. Isaac Pritchett, big thank you to him. Uh, Salt Lake Shred in action coming up, hosting the LA Aviators. As, as I'm telling you, Michelle, these names. The West alone had some good ones. DC Breeze uh the Philadelphia Phoenix is a unique one but like there's yeah. I got to say they, they, this is not like I I, I talk about in soccer all the time how like the the a lot of major league soccer teams have kind of followed the European model of naming their teams mm-hmm. I like the fact that you just have new things Minnesota Windchill that's a great name
4: That is a great name No I it's a little more unique yes. um and again bringing this full circle like that was the whole point of the AAF, mm-hmm. if you notice, all the yes. names were really unique and cool and different, except yeah. for Salt Lakes.
2: Yeah. I still, I still had issues with the Stallions and little things, but nonetheless.
4: They, they loved the alliteration, and they didn't put very much thought into our team, because I think we we were the last ones that they actually were working on, but I digress. Okay. <laughs> all right. Fair enough.
2: All right. So there you go. The Salt Lake Shred, if you want to get out and watch it. By the way, that Zions Bank Stadium It hosts so the Utah Warriors call that home. Obviously, the Rail Monarchs, the uh, the minor league for Rail Salt Lake, that's their home field. It's actually a really, really fun, unique environment. It's got incredible views,
4: beautiful, and uh, yeah, I I mean the facilities are bar none, except for the the indoor facility. Reminds me of the Partridge Family. I sing the Partridge Family every time I pull up there. It was actually a thing that uh, myself and because that's where the Stallions yes. practiced. Mm-hmm. Um, I
2: spent many a practice hanging out with y'all. Over hanging there. out with us. Yeah. Uh
4: that was what me and Lamar um Thomas would uh, like we would okay. see like like and if you like, if you're a football fan you know Lamar Thomas. Like my big Miami guy. <laughs> kill, killer wide receiver back in the 90s. Yeah. Ooh.
2: All right. Fair enough. All right, a couple other things we need to cover in this segment, Michelle. Uh, Real Salt Lake uh, in action last night. They were down one nothing at halftime to Club León. Uh, now they're playing what's called the League's Cup. This is a matchup between both Major League Soccer and Liga MX down in mm-hmm. Mexico. RSL got pummeled, for lack of a better term, by by Monterey. And I'm not going to lie. I was going into last time like, okay, Club León they actually just won the Champions League, the Concacaf Champions League, beating mm-hmm. LAFC, who is by many people, in many people's eyes, the best team in Major League Soccer. But to Real Salt Lake's credit, they came out last night in the second half like men-possessed. 17 shots, generating all kinds of looks on goal, scoring three. uh, There were two that went to Danny Mussovsky, and then obviously Chicho Arango scored the third. And Arsenal advances now. So they now head to face off against LAFC on Tuesday with a chance to make it to the quarterfinals. If they win at LAFC on Tuesday, which is the round of 16 in this tournament, Michelle, they would return home on Saturday and host quarterfinal action. So we'll
4: see. Not, not bad after having a raccoon
2: oh, drop no. through the ceiling. Okay, <laughs> the, the, the raccoon part of it is just, I, did, I was not there Thursday night because it was just too late to start and with my turnaround on radio responsibilities, yeah. I wasn't going to be there. I told my wife as that was unfolding on social media, I'm like, man, I wish I would have gone. Just, I should have just sucked it up. Just to now, let's okay. That was a hellacious storm that rolled through. Oh my
4: gosh, that was
2: crazy! I drove through it because I I did I hosted unrivaled that afternoon. And I was driving home and I could see it like out on the horizon. I'm like, that looks pretty nasty. Oh, and as I got closer, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, it it, it that was insane.
4: It had the last couple of nights, crazy
2: weather. Yeah, but the, that that storm alone, that one like severe. I understand why they ended up postponing the game because the the, that weather cell was gonna last until one AM. They had every intention also of this, by the way, of playing until eleven PM. Like they were gonna they were gonna push it as long they wanted to get that get that match in and they were willing to wait till eleven PM to let's see if that would go through, but it never cleared up on the on the on with the weather radar and they're like, you know what? Let's just we're gonna postpone it. Fun night all the same last night. Corey, were you out at it last night?
1: No, it wasn't okay. part of our season ticket package and we, okay. didn't, we didn't buy those. Yeah, cuz you are a season ticket holder for
2: Real Salt Lake and that's that's the thing about this is it was just a, it was a really fun thing cuz trust me the first half of RSL last night they looked like compl- it's like okay yeah they they're not in the same league as Liga MX here. Second half, they took it right to them And looked I was like okay,
4: you got to love that.
2: If they play like this, ain't nobody stopping this this club.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: The problem is can you channel that night after night but you, you got to be able, it's got to be consistent and going to lafc be, be a different deal for them on tuesday
1: well and i think they have channeled that for the most part i mean in their last 14 yeah. games 10 wins three ties and one loss yeah i mean this team is really good right now
2: they've completely changed this season and that's that's the thing about this is they they started out very very poor and to their credit have completely turned around now the acquisitions in and of itself, they just actually uh, signed a deal to get Brian Ojeda here full-time from Nottingham Forest in uh, the English Premier League. Uh, two, uh, $2 million. That makes their grand total spent so far this year somewhere between 16 and $17 million. Yeah. The heaviest investment, by the way, across the league. Nobody, in, nobody major league soccer has spent more money than Real Salt Lake has spent this season alone. They're Who putting, knew? They're, they're, yeah, they're putting the money in, and it's paying off right now. Yeah. Like, that's that's the fun part about because trust me, there are other teams out there that spend lots and lots of money, and it just does not go the way that they expect it to. And it,
4: Texas A and M, totally different sport, totally different yeah. league, but yeah, more or less the more or less what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, it, it's just it's kind of it's kind of funny how th- how things work the way that they work. Uh, one other thing, real quick, Michelle is uh, in. I I know you've been so engrossed in all this. I want to say. Uh, Best wishes to Ricky Rubio, a former Utah Jazz guy. Uh, Actually, this came out this morning. Uh, He has announced that this morning he's putting his career on hold indefinitely to focus on his mental health. Now, Uh, uh, Ricky has been in professional basketball since he was 18 years old, like even longer than that, but at the NBA level. mm -hmm. He's been around for a really, really long time. He says, I have decided to stop my professional activity to take care of my mental health. I want to thank all the support I have received from the Spanish national team to understand my decision. Today, hashtag family makes more sense than ever. Thank you. I would ask that my privacy be respected so that I can face these moments and be able to give more information when the time is right, unquote. So, he was supposed to be part of the Spanish national team in the upcoming World Cup and everything, Mm -hmm. and he's a big part. He's 32 years old. It's crazy to think that Rubio is still just 32 years old because... I've been tracking him since he was 16. Jeez. I remember hearing about this, just this absolutely incredibly gifted passer yeah. out of Spain named Ricky Rubio, and he looked every bit the young Spaniard, like, wizard. Yeah. But uh, I just want to wish him wish him well, because this yeah. is this is no laughing matter.
4: No, no. Mental health stuff is very, very serious, and I'm glad that he's taking care of himself, because I, I think we've seen far too often in sports where people don't handle mm-hmm. whatever's going on. Um, and it it they pay an ultimate price for it. So I, I'm glad that he's taking care of it. I'm glad as a society, a sports society, we're getting better at you know recognizing, dealing with, taking care of, being open about that. Um, and then obviously as a society as a whole, outside mm-hmm. of sports as well, it's it's important.
2: Yeah, uh, he does have two seasons and 12.5 million dollars left on a contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who knows? Uh, well, ultimately transpires on that front. But I uh, want to wish him the best. Obviously, he was a guy who was out here in Utah and was a really, really well-respected guy while he was here. Just just consummate professional. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. All right. Uh, we will come back on the other side, put a bow on this edition of the Saturday Show. This is 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
4: Welcome back to the Saturday I Show, Corey. Man, oh, it's been awesome.
2: You like the song, Michelle?
4: I so this song. <laughs> I I remember when this song was so popular. like, oh. and there was like the Star Wars version, uh-huh. and I just like. It's so weird how this took off the way that it did. But it always reminds me of when I actually went to my my first NFL game at Lambeau, okay. Lambeau Field yeah. to watch the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers open up the twenty twenty or 2013 NFL season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to watch Alex Smith and I got to watch uh, Aaron Rodgers. Jeez. Awesome. Awesome. That's that, was, that was my first NFL game.
2: That's pretty cool, actually. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Like that's that doesn't happen. Like well, okay, that doesn't that doesn't happen. It's kind of what music does for people because mm-hmm. you can you can name songs like okay, um, what's my age again? For Blink one eighty two. Every time I hear that song, you know what it takes me to immediately? Uh-huh. Uh It was my sophomore year in high school, at Mountain View High School in Orm Utah. At an assembly where our student body president recreated that song with him and his buddies making their own music video to it, I will forever remember that. Remember
4: that? that. <laughs> I was sixteen
2: years old. I'm thirty six now, Michelle. Right?
4: Like it's twenty years in the past. But that song. Oh, damn! That's that. I know. I know. A Totally different set. I'm like, oh. Wow, Junior High was 20 years ago. It's for terrifying. Me. I, wow. know.
2: I I think back to stuff like that and it's just like, oh, wow. Okay, but <laughs> but that's that's what music can do for people. Yeah. It completely it can transport you literally back in time to your So, crazy stuff, but it's been a wild show.
4: It's Yeah. It, it's been a lot.
2: We've tried to cover as much ground as possible. I don't think we even scratched the surface. Oh,
4: not even. And and part of it's because I like I guarantee you there's there's things that will come up. On this topic that we did, we just don't know about uh, at this point in time. Sure. So it'll be a uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what all comes out. Um, like it just yeah. It's just it's a whole lot. It's a whole <laughs> lot. I I I don't know really what else to say. That's the the best explanation I can give.
2: Well, and Kate, to add to that point, is it's kind of hard to. Really have a, I don't know, and it's hard to have a full appreciation or full understanding of everything that's just transpired mm-hmm. because it's so fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Because trust, you would have told me forty eight hours ago that Utah and BYU were in the Big Twelve together. I'm like, okay, yeah, I see those rumors, but I just,
4: I just don't see it. Yeah, forty eight hours later, here they are. Yeah, here we are.
2: I don't know. It, it, it's crazy. Well, to what's me.
4: old is sometimes new again. <laughs> Let's go.
2: Um, it, r- real quick on this. Yeah. Do you want that rivalry game back on Thanksgiving weekend, or would you think they should try something new? Like, because the Red River rivalry was always played. It's always played. Uh, the it's played right around the uh, the Texas State Fair, early October, I believe.
4: Oh, interesting. I actually did not know I, that.
2: I saw some people pushing for because BYU and Utah State for years have played that Friday before General Conference. Uh-huh. Maybe just kind of a, it was a trend. I I I just wonder do you want it back Thanksgiving weekend with the Holy War?
4: Do you want me to be totally honest? I'm not terribly excited that this game is back the way that it's going to be. I just here's it and here's why. Look, okay. it's a, it's a great game. It is a great game. Mm-hmm. I wish people would just let it be a great game. They can't. With without all the other shenanigans yeah. and and I I personally felt like the space between the two actually made it a little bit healthier. So I'm i li- I'm a little concerned being in such close quarters with each other again. Oh come on! What this is going to look like? I, with- I really I am I'm legitimately yeah. concerned because I I am so team be cool with each other. Like I have I obviously I lean more to the mm-hmm. Utah side of things, but I, I have zero issues with BYU's football program. Zero, mm-hmm. like zero, zero. I I like a lot of people that are involved with that. Um, I just I I don't. Please let's let's be some somewhat civil. Like the the poking fun at ha ha he he stuff. Like that is all great. Sure. When it turns mean, I'm not into it. But I, to your point, I I think it is going to be a Thanksgiving thing again.
2: I I that's why I suspe- suspect it'll be because. I'm assuming that the Big Twelve will want to create a, a rivalry weekend mm-hmm. where the territorial cup, which has traditionally been played on Thanksgiving weekends, played there. Uh, the battle for the Sunflower... is it the battle for the sunflower state between Kansas, Corey? Is it call it? Is that the Kansas Kansas State rivalry?
1: Sunflower showdown. Sunflower
2: showdown. Yeah. I, I'm assuming. I'm assuming some of those will be set up, and this the the holy war between BYU and Utah. Yeah, gets set there. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Any final thoughts from you?
4: No, no, <laughs> I. I, I I'm a blank slate at the moment. No, right. I'm looking forward to enjoying my weekend. I you're not going to hear too much from me. Um, <laughs> and I got yeah. that approved because I was not supposed to be on yesterday, and I was well, on. Um, yeah. But actually, I'm I'm going to be meeting up with a friend that's in town.
2: Good. So all right. Well, enjoy that. Yeah. And we will reconvene next week and try and make heads or tails of whatever's going on. By the way, Corey, want to say publicly. We're gonna miss you, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. buddy. Corey's leaving us. Uh, he's not going too far. He's still living here. I'm
1: still staying in Salt Lake. You're doing
2: podcasting.
1: And yeah, I'm joining a podcasting network back in Kansas City, do you which have a, is give a name. Where for it, I had... by the
2: way, so people can find it if they want. Not something. yet.
1: Okay, not yet. We're no. working on to the be names. Determined. Yeah, okay.
2: when you have it, send it to me, and we'll we'll give you a shout. Sounds there. good, man. All right. Well, like I said, I just wanted to publicly thank you for everything you did for us. All right. That's it.
4: That that, Finito. It's done. It's been a wild show.
2: All right. uh, Stay tuned all week (laughs) long here on The Zone. we got plenty of coverage to come on the other shows throughout the days, uh, Monday through Friday. And obviously, we'll be back here next Saturday, right here on the Saturday Show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone.
0: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles.